I was saying I definitely appreciate you guys for coming on. Uh, Dr. Tarver? Um, that just touched my soul that you're, you could have been at a basketball game and you <laughs> gave that up uh, to spend this, spend this time. Uh, with our podcast that's not even a year old. So so thank you both for giving up your, your Friday evenings. Um, so you all touched on a couple of things. One, I'm glad you brought up some of the things that I, because there are some myths that I think that Black people in particular have. Um, there are some myths that all people have, like they think this vaccine has a chip in it is one of them. But, but Black people in particular have felt like we have been targeted. Um, and so that this vaccine is targeting us. They want us to take it because we get a different type of vaccine than our white counterparts do. Um, and some of that is fed, unfortunately, because we have seen healthcare providers who also have spoken out against this. <laughs> see, I see you both giving me that look like, yeah, I know. Um, can you both just speak on, and I'll start with you, Dr. Dennis, why there is such a range of perspectives among healthcare providers. So we look to you all as the experts and we think, hey, we're going to model our behavior for the most part uh, after you all. But now you two, you all have different perspectives. What are some of the factors that are contributing to why healthcare providers are choosing not to get this vaccine? Dr. Tarver, <laughs> <laughs> Attorney Winters, Dr. Fowler, and uh, I'm sure Dr. Fowler can speak to this as well. Um, I guess I, I liken this question to the simple fact of when you say the differing the differing perspectives of healthcare professionals who are, um, in theory, all called to do the same thing. Um, and you look at our United States government right now. In theory, all congressmen and senators are called to do the same thing, which is serve the people. And when we see and, and look at what's going on, we, we feel like that there's something completely different happening there. And it, it's the same perspective with healthcare. And it, it does make me sad um, to see, to see, and of course, you know, again, going back, no vaccine shaming, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, you know, and even in delivering healthcare and, you know, the way one physician may do something as opposed to another physician, at the end of the day, you arrive at the same result most of the time, but you may take different avenues to get there. Um, and that's each, you know, each provider's preference, you know, of how, how they get there. So relating that back to perspective, everybody has their own choice. Where I look at it like this, um, when 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 I became a nurse, I took, a, took an oath to take care of people, to serve them and to give them the best care possible. With that, that means that um, all the vaccinations that I've received, everything that's required of me to order, in order for me to be safe, to be safe around others, to provide the care that I need, I have to do certain things. I can remember being scared as all get out, getting that hepatitis when we had to get the hepatitis vaccine. And it was like, you get one, and then the second one, it was like a month later, and then six months from the first one, you get the third one. And that shot like really, really hurt. And then, you know, and I can remember being terrified. And then, you know, I come from a, a family of numbers people. Like all of my, my folks went to Southern, they all finished in business administration. So when I get to talking like healthcare stuff, they're like, uh, needles, you know, nobody wants to hear it. So I remember going through that and my mom was like, I don't even understand, why do you need to get that? And, you know, but it's the same concept with this. You know, I knew I had to do it moving on. You know, there've been times when I've gotten needle sticks, just as Dr. Fowler talked about, you know, having to get tested 
tetanus boosters and those shots hurt you know it's, it's no fun but it's a requirement and you have to do it so i look at you know while the while the covid vaccine is not a, a requirement yet I, I anticipate that at some point it will be you know i can remember working when getting the flu shot you could sign a declination and it was no big deal but now you're mandated like this year it was like either you get the flu shot or you don't work here anymore like there that was your option and so you know from that and nobody quit you know nobody quit those that you know had you know a doctor's excuse or whatever you know for um that they really could not get the flu vaccine and they were able to submit that and they had to work through hr but everybody else who traditionally didn't get the flu shot they ended up having to get it because guess what they they have to work so when you talk about perspective i think that sometimes um yeah people have their own ideas about things and sometimes politics and what you do they kind of mix together you're, you're bringing it all together so there's an influence there and then there's also that portion of people that just desire to be different and it's like that you know how can how many people can i pull over here with me you know how long can i buck the system and and just not do this you know how many people can i pull over here and say you know we're not going to get it we're not going to do this you know they can't make us get it and you see that a lot of times and you know nurses love to do that i'm, I'm going 21 years in nurses love to you know hey I'm, I'm just they can't make me get it i don't have to do this you know there's there's that perspective as well so it's so many different things but a lot of it related to this so much of it is personal political views and tying into into what's going on um outside of work and you know how it's being presented what's going on i think that that has a, a big part it really plays a big part of of what we're seeing but it really hurts me because you know when you think about it i should be able to give my whole self to care for the patients when they need me and you know and that includes you know being well and being healthy and if you know getting you know my covid vaccine is what's going to make me you know prevent me from getting deathly ill then that's what i need to do to be able to to serve the population that that i've you know that i've pledged my life to serve and to me it's just simple you know and i didn't think twice you know um about getting the vaccine like i never thought about not getting it you know it was just never you know hey when is my turn i was so blessed and fortunate to be able to they started the week um i think that was the week before christmas i got my shot on december the 18th like a week that was my christmas present and you know so i was i was excited about it to be in that first batch of people that got it and you know let me no, ask I, you this doc, mm -hmm. doctor this let me ask you this i think I think that's fascinating. If you look at it from this perspective, though, for from us on the outside mm -hmm. looking at, I'm just a lawyer. I, I and I'm one of those numbers of people who graduate from the College of Business of Southern, so I'm terrified of needles. And I'm <laughs> like, it was compulsory on us in the military. We had to take all of this to anthrax. We had to take all these vaccines. It wasn't a choice. You would stand in line and you got your arm shot, and then you would have to pop these malaria pills. So it was it was. Was compulsory so that was just the nature of the beast so what that kind of a two compounded question and I, I guess i'll start with you dr fowler and then come back to you dr dennis what it is that what goes like what's some of the contributing factors for providers who choose to get the vaccine versus you know providers who are not getting the vaccine right now and then the second part of that question because we love to ask compound questions is that what are some of the things that you would personally encourage uh, people to consider in, in getting their informed consent? What are what are some of the ways that you would strengthen people in, in wanting to know that as far as informed consent? What would 
so first part of that is what is going on with you as you as a provider want to make that decision uh, and then what would you encourage others uh, to make that decision in order to get this vaccine dr fowler so i actually agree with dr dennis that there are some echo chambers out there where you you hear the echoes of these political um sentiments um and and strategies um you know you know you hear you hear a lot of that um i agree with that i also think that there are some who because of the accessibility of vaccines has been variable now with the new presidential administration we actually have a steady stream of of dispensed vaccine that there are some that are like, look, I'm not gonna get mine right now. I already had COVID. Let me let my counterpart um, get theirs. You know, so I've, I've ha we've had that experience as well. Um, other than that, I think it is, there are so many mixed messages and that there, and there are so many conspiracy theories um, that it has blurred and clouded reasonable information. Um, the reason why I have sacrificed, and just speaking for me personally, because I know multiple people do it, um, me personally is because I want to put out more informed messaging so that we can be louder than the non-informed messaging. Um, so I, I believe that those echo chambers of fear and political sentiment, I believe that they had a great effect and impact on many people, even healthcare providers. There are healthcare providers are just like you and I. We are all human. Not all of us walk around with with a journal in our hands, reading studies all day. Um, but we walk around with with a body of of evidence that we were trained for many years, and we pick it up when something new comes out. But you know, we may not be immersing ourselves in, in the literature every day. Um, that's exhausting in itself, and it's not for everybody, right? So I think that if we respect one another as humans, that, that we're going to have that, that variability, even among those who, who should hold some healthcare authority. Um, we're we're going to have that. It, it's, you know, that's like the dietitian who is overweight or the pulmonologist who smokes, or the, you know, it's just a matter of we're humans. We're humans first. And then, and, and, and the burdens of healthcare, listen, anything like Dr. Dennis mentioned, if you stepped foot in a hospital, particularly in a hospital, during the pandemic, you would be so overwhelmed. And we had healthcare staff nurses, physicians, physical therapists, respiratory therapists, who were there every single day because the, the demand was so high. Few breaks, few days off, it was exhausting. I think with the overstimulation of all of this information and with fatigue, that I don't know, it, you know, we, you, when you talk about the military in critical care and trauma, we use the military a lot in a, in a battle fatigue and all of these other things, battlefield trauma and surgery, and, you know, things like that. Um, it is real. And I, I really believe that some of that come, comes from all of those experiences without a break. I mean, 
you know, when we get the, the, the positivity rate down, we get a little break and we sit back and we have fewer people coming to the hospital. And then when the pot, as soon as the holidays come, it's like, and it's okay, back, we going right back to the grind. And, and when I say grind, it is a grind, nonstop. I mean, nonstop. And the, and it's not just taxing physically, it's taxing emotionally. And then you go home to a family who does not want you to go to the hospital. Um, you know, as a female, and, and this is probably very patriarchal, but in my house, we have a pretty old school kind of culture where my husband is like, I don't want you to go there. You know, he has a sense of, of wanting to protect. Well, that's my job. Um, and thankfully that I haven't gotten sick. I've been tested so many times. I haven't gotten sick, haven't gotten, you know, I got sick from my, my daughter being in my face um, and not from my patients. So it's, it's exhausting. And I think that of all of these mixed messages and, and all of this is just a product of, of it all. If this is a time that none of us have seen in our lifetime, um, as Dr. Dennis mentioned, we're learning together. So some of that mixed messaging, it evolved as we learn, you know, and, and as any, any leader who has led a team knows that once you put a message out there, you can't take it back and your people are gonna move with it. But then you get new information. And now it's like, wait, hold up. Now we need to do this. Okay, they start doing that. And then you get another message. And it's like, wait, okay, now we need to do this. And we pivot. That's exhausting. And people get frustrated, but that's what we, that's, that's what happened. You know, that's what had to happen because we learned as, as we went along. I would pose that same question uh, to you, Dr. Dennis. What, what are you thinking? Really more the, along the, the line, uh, how would you encourage uh, more, just the second part of that question, how would you encourage our listeners uh, who we always want to give them a takeaway, what would you encourage them to consider and make in their final decision about it? If we got these numbers that are three to one right now, uh, three times and sometimes four times, uh, higher on the vaccine, and we know what the numbers are on death. We, we're winning that, that dubious distinction of four times the one. Uh, black and brown people are, are, are winning that horrible distinction. So what what would you do to inform uh, our culture, uh, Dr. Dennis? Again, I think more listening to more panels like this, where you see, um, you know, healthcare professionals and, you know, Dr. Tarver and yourself, you know, known professionals in the community coming together to actually pre present a platform to, to, you know, to your audience. Definitely this, this helps, you know, but also, you know, when you're, you know, away from Facebook and away from everything else, away from the news media, look on, on your CDC website. They, for every week, like at the beginning of every week, they put out and they disperse them to all of the health departments, you know? So like if you're in Louisiana, you can go to the LDH page and they give you, and it's, it's really simple. And I love the way they block it out. It's like four little blocks. And you know, they explain something different. Like for the beginning of this week, they actually went over um, how Dr. Fowler talked about the mRNA. They talked about that. They discussed the fact that the vaccine, the vaccine is not a live virus. You know, they explained how it worked, but they put it, 
you know, for, you know, in basic terms, whether, you know, you could understand it, whether you graduated from Harvard or whether you graduated from McKinley, you could understand it, you know, it was just there, you know, for everybody to see and understand you know, how, how the vaccine really works. And so just platforms, and they also, you know, have little pictures and things to help you understand. And that's real, that's researched information, you know, that's presented from our government. So, you know, and that goes out to everybody. So I think, you know, starting there, um, of course, you know, you know, starting with, um, you know, physicians that you trust or your, your nurse practitioners that you trust, you know, that helps as well, but definitely settings like this where, you know, especially for us community, our community, where they see people that look like us, you know, that's the that's the big thing that look like us. And we're able to sit down and have, you know, an informed discussion based off our experiences. And, you know, we have, you know, the education and, you know, the experience to back up what it is that that we're telling you all, you know, we just didn't go to, we didn't sleep in a Holiday Inn last night and just wake up and decide that we're gonna tell you this today. We, you know, we actually, we've lived it and we know exactly what's gonna happen. So, you know, creating more settings like this, you know, being able to just have those discussions and recognize, you know, everybody's not gonna get on the bus, that's fine. But if we can fill up, if we've got 45 seats and we can fill 42 of them, then we're doing good. And so I think the more conversations that we can have like this, you know, it'll lead to more open, you know, open doors. I've had so many people reach out to me, people that I really haven't talked to that have, that have sent me messages and said, you know, hey, I really appreciate you sharing your vaccination journey, you know, on social media. And, you know, I'm not there yet, but, you know, seeing what you've done encouraged me to get my parents vaccinated. Well, that's a step, you know, and so, you know, you get you get your parents vaccinated. Hey, then maybe when it's your turn, you'll decide to go ahead and get it. You know, so, you know, it, I'm willing to take the steps. I'm willing to have those conversations. And again, you know, I'm, I'm always I'm, I'm for everybody, but, you know, I'm always betting on black and I want my people to come out on the other side and doing better we can do this we can beat this and we can be more informed and be better for it i pray that god forbid that we're not here the next time a pandemic rolls around but i want you know the group of black and brown people that come behind us in 100 years going through this and they say hey when they went through this in 2020 and 2021 this is what happened they came out on top hey they laid the foundation for us we're you know we're geared to move ahead and we're going to do whatever we have to do to make the science work for us so i and think, I think from your from your mouth to god's ears dr uh, dr dennis that is the that is the takeaway that is, if we would sum this up to anything um i think that's what we'd have to to kind of end on is that we have to take on it right now as a community and just let's attack this together let's look at it as this is our great day this is our great challenge Let's step forward and do it together. Let's encourage each other. Let's shame the shamers. You know, let's make it cool to get vaccinated. I'm so excited about getting my vaccination. I am so tired of wearing eight masks. I have I look like a lunatic when I'm in the airport. People like, where's like I look like I'm going to the moon. And because I have on so much stuff, and I'm so terrified of people. I'm the biggest dude in the airport, but like, you know, just terrified. So we have to get back to normal and the vaccine I think is the way to get us there and I I can't thank you guys enough so Dr. Tarver please help join me and 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 just appreciating these two 
noted uh, scientists, noted researchers, noted nurses, noted uh, doctors, and, and thank them for coming on this show because this is the way we change the trajectory, as Dr. Fowler said. So thank you all both for coming on this show. Yay. We appreciate you all so much for coming here. And we need to do something nice for them. So Dr. Tarver, we normally don't give our guests gift. We just buy whatever it is that they're hawking, but we're gonna send you, uh, please make sure y'all send Dr. Tarver um, your, um, your, your best mailing address, the business mailing address, whatever we can, because we have something very nice we wanna send you guys. We know we can never pay you for your time that you guys came to spend two hours for our people here. And this, is, this show will be broke down in multiple shows. We know that you could have been anywhere. And this is a Friday night, one of the few days you possibly get off, the few hours that you could be spending making that family equity and depositing that love to them. You're depositing that love into the community. We're honored, we're so thankful. And Dr. Tarver, please help me. Why don't you help sum this show up and, and help us as we thank our guests before they tell us about great uh, resources for our guests. Absolutely. I just thank you ladies for your knowledge and your wisdom and sharing of your gifts and talents and your purpose with us because as you both have stated so eloquently, it is conversations like this where people see um, providers that look like them, that they can trust. And this is how we bridge those gaps. And you all are gatekeepers to your community. And so I, I thank you so much for that. We, what we try to do here on this show is we try to help people have a plan. And what you ladies did today is you helped people with a vaccine plan. You didn't realize you were doing it at the time, but that's what you were doing. You said to people, hey, find a trusted provider. Be able to talk to somebody who has information, research-based information that they can share. Go to sites, whether that's journals or, or CDC websites or WHO websites that have information that's accurate, scientific information to help dispel this myths, these myths. You talk to people about, find out where you can get that vaccine from. So yes, you may have to wait in some lines. Yes, you may not be able to get it right away because as you all stated, there are phases uh, under which people are able to get the vaccine, but you gave people information about, hey, right now your parents probably can get it. Your grandparents probably can get it. So let's get them vaccinated. And then when you all are ready, you may be in a better space to make a decision about whether or not you wanna get it. And you also talk to people about, yes, getting a vaccine is a variety of things. It's emotional, it's psychological, it's political. And so you do need to be aware of all of the things that go into you deciding whether or not you wanna get the vaccine but your jobs were to give people information to make the most informed decision they could. And you did just that. So we thank you. So do you, do you ladies have any additional resources that you would like to share with our viewers about where they could possibly get information or just things that you feel like are trusted resources that may be available for the, the average person to be able to understand as well as people who may be a bit more nerdy, as you said, Dr. Fowler, who may like <laughs> more of the scientific journals. Do you all have any resources that you'd like to share for our, our audience? Well, I want you to know that the Department of Health uh, puts everything for free on their website and it is written at a sixth grade level. That is not to be condescending. That is to level the playing field so that everybody can have access to understandable information. Um, so I would start there with, with your State Department of Health. 
The State Department of Health is specific to where you live. CDC will be on a more global um, level. However, it is still very, you know, reputable information and it is very timely. CDC and the Department of Health update resources weekly, sometimes twice weekly. Um, there's some data that's even updated on a daily basis, but that's data you, you probably don't even want to pay attention to. Um, but there are a lot of resources out there and it's available. Now, for some people who don't have internet, um, I would imagine that they're not watching this podcast, but hopefully if there are family members who are aware of persons who don't have internet access or technology, you know, there are technology deserts, especially in vulnerable communities, that's when social peer pressure really, really matters. And things like this is what helps us to strengthen our families and, and strengthen those bonds. So I would highly recommend um, that if you know there is a family member or if you know there is a friend or a neighbor or anyone who, who is technology poor and cannot access those resources, that you print it out and you share it with them. And one other thing that I would like to mention, we didn't touch on it. Um, when you do receive your vaccination, you get a, there's a little scan bar or they, it tells you where to go in and log and it connects you to the CDC and the CDC will give you little check-ins and they'll send you, it's like little smiley faces. It'll say, how are you feeling today? Good, bad, and you just click on the smiley face. It'll ask you if you're having pain, but that helps them to collect data. So, you know, definitely, you know, as people are getting vaccinated, please make sure that you log into, and I mean, it is really quick. And then, you know, the CDC, the first couple of days after you receive your vaccine, they check in with you a couple of times a day, and then it goes to a weekly check-in. But that, that's also important as well to help, you know, with, with data collection and further uh, research studies. So that's important as well as people do uh, begin to receive the vaccine. Make sure that you're checking in those updates. I mean, it takes less than less than 20 seconds to do a couple of clicks and you're done. Well, Dr. Tarver, I think we did it again. Uh, we, we, were, we were so lucky to be able to discuss the vaccine hesitancies with Dr. Leanne Henry Fowler, uh, Leon uh, Henry Fowler, and Dr. Michelle Dennis. Uh, and in our own Defense Podcast, this has been another great episode. We're your host, Attorney A.D. Winters and Dr. Dolores Tarver. For more information about our podcast, please follow us on all of our social media, Instagram and Facebook at In Our Own Defense, YouTube, In Our Own Defense, and all the podcast platforms, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or just email us at inourowndefense at gmail.com. We thank you ladies for coming to join us. Thank you, Dr. Tarper. And we tell you have a good night.